0: Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old-Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old-time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit ComicWeb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of Nero Wolf called The Beautiful Archer. It first aired on November 24th, 1950. There's a full serving of laughs on the menu at
1: Duffy's Tavern tonight with Archie the Manager, played by Ed Gardner. Archie's colleagues in comedy are Miss Duffy, Clifton Finnegan, and Eddie the Waiter. This Sunday, The Big Show comes your way once again on NBC. And just listen to a few of the stars who'll be with you. Fred Allen, Jack Carson, Mindy Carson, Ed Archie Gardner, Ed Wynn, and many, many more. And of course, your MC will be Tallulah Bankhead. Listen Sunday for The Big Show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that phone bell means exciting adventure. Hello? Hello. The handsome young man answering Hello. the phone is Archie Goodwin. <laughs> a mountain of a man engrossed in deep thought in the oversized armchair is Nero Wolfe. Hey, boss. Oh, Mr. Wolfe. Mr.
2: Wolfe. There's a guy on the phone who wants us to take a case. Seems that someone was mad at a guy who was mad, and now this guy on the phone is mad, wants us to find out who did the killing. What do you say, Mr. Wolfe? We need the money. <laughs> Hello? Yes, Mr. Wolf says he'll be happy to take the case. Just present yourself and a check for $2,000 at 601 West 35th Street at 11 o'clock. Mr. Wolf can't wait till you get here. He's dying to go to work. Goodbye. <laughs> <sighs>
3: <sighs>
2: Greatest detective in the world. The only trouble is. He is. <laughs>
1: Yes, listeners, Archie is so right. He is the greatest detective in the world, and the fattest, and the least energetic. He's Nero Wolf, created by Rex Stout, and brought to you over this NBC network in a new series of adventures by Mr. Sidney Greenstreet. Tonight, it's The Case of the Beautiful Archer. That's a good title. And it was a good case, too. It began in the consulting room of Dr. Raynard Townley of the Townley Sanitarium, a uh, skip and a jump north of Nyack, New York, when a very lovely young lovely glared across the desk at the
4: good doctor.
5: Shall we pretend you don't know who I am, Dr. Townley?
4: How could we possibly do that, my dear Diana Lawrence? Twenty-three years old, daughter of one of our better-known sculptors, Michael Lawrence. You were born in Johannesburg, educated in London and Paris, and live at present a hundred yards from here in your father's cottage on Berry Hill Lane. How's that?
5: It's intended to be staggering, isn't it?
4: You take no cream or sugar in your coffee, were winner of the Women's National Archery Tournament for 1947, and have an exceedingly high temper.
5: <sighs> Let's stop the nonsense. You have an impatient here named Willard Garth, Well, Willard Garth happens to be my fiancé.
4: Yes, he has mentioned the fact during his analysis.
5: And, um, well, has he by any chance mentioned his reasons for suddenly refusing to see me during the past five weeks?
4: He didn't have to, Miss Lawrence.
5: Well, what do you mean?
4: I mean that I recommended he give you up as a bad job.
5: What? Well, I suppose you had some purpose in saying what you did.
4: Of course. I'm the boy's doctor. You think you're in love with Willard Garth, I know. But actually, you're infatuated with the Garth Millions.
5: You take a lot on yourself, don't you, Doctor?
4: I consider it important to relieve Willard of all painful external pressure.
5: You've done well for Willard, Dr. Townley. Relieving him of me? I think so. Now, let's see you relieve yourself of me.
4: You uh, purchased the gun for this occasion, Miss Lawrence? Yes. And what exactly do you hope to accomplish with it?
5: A quick and complete reversal of your decision about me. I'm not as easy to handle as Willard is, you see. And if you intend to ruin my life, then I intend to end yours, here and now.
4: The phone is ringing.
5: Let it ring. Hmm?
4: Just as you say. It's the house phone, Miss Lawrence. It may be Willard, you know.
5: Oh, Willard? Yes,
4: he uh, usually phones me from his room at about this time every day.
5: Oh. Oh, all right. Answer it, but be careful what you say.
4: You're in command, it seems. Hello? Oh, why, hello. I thought it would be you, Willard. Look, my boy, Diana Lawrence is here. I've had a talk with her, and I've reconsidered my opinion. Yes, yes, I'm quite serious. If you're at all sensible, you see her regularly and plan on a marriage as soon as you're discharged. Yes. Oh, you do? Very well. I'll see if she'll talk to you. Uh, Miss Lawrence. Yes? Uh, Do you want to speak with him? Uh,
5: Give me the phone.
4: Of course. Here you are, and... I'll take this gun.
5: There we are.
4: Now, stand away, Miss Lawrence.
5: But 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 Willard, Willard's on the phone.
4: Willard is not on the phone. No one was on the phone. The ring came from the push-button bell under my desk here. Sometimes I find it convenient to interrupt my consultations with a phone call.
5: Oh, you smug, deceitful, self-sufficient... Murderer
4: is a vexatious business. You'll be grateful to me one day.
5: All right. Give me my gun and let me go. The gun,
4: I'm afraid, stays with me. Here in this Majolica cabinet. I'd scarcely feel justified in trusting you with it. And now, with your permission, or without it, the interview is ended. Ah. Later that day, the phone in the Lawrence house
2: on Berry Hill Lane began to jingle. This time, it was no phony.
5: Hello? Diana? Yes?
3: Willard, darling. Diana, darling, it's Willard.
5: Imagine. Has the doctor let you use a telephone just as if you were a great big adult? Oh,
3: I've got to see you, sweetheart. And I didn't call you to argue. Love. Beauty, understanding, that's what matters. Isn't it? Isn't
5: it? Do I hear the overtones of a change of heart?
3: Oh, Diana, what's happened wasn't my fault. He poisoned me against you.
5: Then why don't you walk out of that amateur nut house and stand up like a man? I
3: probably shall, Diana. Now, please listen to me. He's letting me have the limousine tonight from 8 until 12. I want us to go for a ride and, and talk and talk and talk until everything is clear. Clear as a bell, my baby.
5: Don't tell me he's trusting you to drive. Oh,
3: no. No, one of the handyman here will show for us. Oh, say you'll come, Diana. Will you? Say it. Say yes. Say you will.
5: Well, yes, Willard. I'll be glad to. Oh, eight
3: o'clock, then?
5: Eight. Oh, bless
3: you. Bless you, my angel. Oh. Oh, so that's it. You want my father's money. That's what you love, not me.
5: Willard, the chauffeur will hear you.
3: It's the way Townley says it is. He's right. He's right.
5: Oh, Why did I let you talk me into this? What a fool I was to have come at all. You're sick inside, Willard. So utterly, hopelessly sick.
3: Oh. Oh, so now I'm... I'm hopelessly sick.
5: Yes. Yes, you are.
3: You're trying to confuse me. Take advantage of me. Wind me around your finger. Just because I love you too much. That's it. That's my illness. Of course, I see it now. You, you're the thing I must get rid of. You with your beautiful, beautiful face and your twisted values. You're at the bottom of all my agony.
5: Willard! Willard!
3: Willard! I'm saving myself. I'm saving myself. Once your are dead, the sickness is ended. I'll be safe. I'll be safe. I'll be safe.
5: Willard!
2: Dr. Townley? Yes. Come in. Mr. Wolfe's been
6: expecting you. Come in, Dr. Townley. Come in. Have a chair.
4: Thank you, Mr. Wolf. I'm so happy you've agreed to take this case. Have a glass of beer. Oh, no, no. And never at this time of morning, thank you.
6: Well, doctor, the newspapers check with what you told me. The girl and young Garth went out for a ride in your limousine last night. The car was driven by one of your handymen.
4: But that's right. Haynes, his name is.
6: And they never came back. Young Garth was found dead in the car with two bullets in him. The girl was gone and also Haynes the handyman chauffeur, huh? Correct, sir. Have you any idea where he could be?
4: No, sir. And the young lady, tell me about her. She's Diana Lawrence, daughter of Michael Lawrence. The sculptor? The sculptor. She lives with him in a small cottage near my sanatorium on Berry Hill Lane. An extremely aggressive and self-centered female with more than a slight flair for violence.
6: Your description might easily lead me to the specter of this murder, sir.
4: Well, I'm aware of that. And I don't think you'd be far off the mark. As I told you on the phone, she tried to murder me yesterday morning.
6: Hmm. The police have made no headway in locating her?
4: Huh? No, the homicide division has contacted her father, but... Uh... Well, he's remained quite noncommittal. He simply says that uh, he's sure she's incapable of killing a fly, and that he hasn't laid eyes on her since eight o'clock last night.
6: Highly suspicious behavior.
4: She was unquestionably in the car with young Garth when he was murdered. Hmm.
6: She wasn't alone in
4: the car with him. You were. Uh, you're referring to Haynes.
6: Yes, but he can't be found either. Remember?
4: It appears that he failed to list his address on his job application. But somehow, Mr. Wolf, I'm quite sure he'll show up this afternoon.
6: Somehow, Dr. Townley, if I were you, I wouldn't be quite so sure. We must begin by facing the initial problem of locating our suspects.
2: Archie? Yes, sir? Get
6: out the car and drive up to the house on Berry Hill Lane. And then? There you will ask Mr. Michael Lawrence to be sensible enough to cooperate with us in finding his daughter. And if the answer is no? I recommend, Archie, that you flatly refuse to take it.
2: Mr. Lawrence was no simple baby to handle. He was in a studio when I walked in, chiseling on a statue of a boy and a girl, both wearing less clothes than the law allows. And before I got a chance to state my name, he commenced giving me a free lecture on the marble work of art. She's good.
7: Really good. She's practically superb. The Ariadne. The what Ariadne? The girl in the statue. Oh. That's Ariadne. Tragic nymph of Greek mythology. Don't tell me you're not familiar with Apollo and Ariadne. All right, I won't. The Apollo, on the other hand, is unfinished the face you see it uh, <clears throat> it lacks something the passion of yearning olympian desire and yet you know the two
2: figures have motion like and... your daughter eh your daughter diana she's got motion also as i hear it she's been in motion ever since she murdered willard Garth last night in the back end of a limousine
7: <laughs> so you're another flatfoot
2: uh not exactly i'm paid in private by nero wolf nero wolf yeah you
7: don't mean that a credible man like Wolf thinks Diana killed young Garth?
2: Well, he'd like to talk over the possibility with
7: her. How laughable. Look at that face. Is there anything of the murderous in a face like that?
2: In a face like what? Oh, I'm sorry.
7: Diana posed for the Ariadne, you see. And the likeness is exact. Do you think a girl of this type, classic, sensitive, civilized, could descend to the clumsy, brute level of murder?
2: Well, it's... It's a little hard to imagine. There. Even
7: you agree with me. On the other hand... Shall we discuss the other hand over a cup of coffee? I'm quite exhausted. If you insist. I do. Sit down and inhale the
2: atmosphere of culture at its source. There's a
7: pot warming on the stove.
2: Pot of what? Coffee or culture? <laughs> well, wait and see what he means. Ah. Oh. Should never ignore a phone call knows might be something important yes
5: this is diana father
2: oh uh, oh yes diana
5: it's it's all over the papers
2: yes i know
5: well, i i don't think they'll find me where i am and i'm staying here until things quiet down a little
2: where are you honey huh?
5: what did you say
2: i said where are you
5: you said honey daddy you never call me honey uh,
2: i know it's because i'm excited where are you sweetheart not a soul in the world. Where are you? Do well, you know
5: where Tine Pike turns off to the left beyond Bartsville? Yes. Well, I'm.
2: Call me later, Angel. But Father. I... Oh, oh! Get that motorman's number. You will live, my friend, but
7: not long if you don't control your you curiosity.
2: With that mallet you hit. Me. What was the big
7: idea? You really have to ask that question. Why aren't you trying to trick my daughter into disclosing her whereabouts?
2: The police are pretty interested in her whereabouts. Then let
7: them find her. But you can't be surprised, my friend, if I choose to protect Diana's interests.
6: So he's working on an Apollo and Ariadne, is he, Archie?
2: Who cares about Apollo and Ariadne? The point is how he worked on my gourd. That, of course, is unfortunate, my boy, but... You
6: get that, Mm please? Hello?
2: Inspector Kramer. Hold it. For you. Here. Thanks.
6: Yes? Wolf? Ah, how are you, Inspector?
4: I hear you're in on the Garth killing.
6: Not very deeply, I am afraid. We are still trying to locate the Lawrence
4: girl. Well, you can forget about that. Yes? Yeah? Yes. We've already located her and released her on a habeas corpus. That sounds interesting. Her father had a lawyer on our heads before she was in here ten minutes.
6: Too bad you couldn't have held on to her. Oh, I don't know. I'm
4: not so sure we want her. Why not? Well, first of all, it's not likely she did it. No? No. Ballistics stated that the bullets that killed Willard Garth were not fired from point-blank range.
6: And she was sitting beside him on the back seat. I see. Also, we found the murder
4: weapon in the grass near where the limousine was parked. And she admitted it was hers.
6: That sounds like a poor reason to release him. Well,
4: the point is she wasn't in possession of the gun when the killing happened. At least so she says. No? Who was? The doctor. What, Doctor? Townley, the guy who runs that sanitarium. According to her, he
2: took the gun away from her for safekeeping at noon yesterday. There was a little more talk between them, something about fresh cigar ashes that were found in the dashboard ashtray of the limousine. After that, the boss hung up and exerted himself enough to put a call through to the Townley sanatorium.
5: I'm afraid the doctor is very busy just now.
2: So am I. My business
6: happens to be highly important.
5: Well, I'll say you call, Mr. Wolfe, and I'll ask him to contact you just as soon as he has a free moment.
6: Do you happen to have a free moment, miss?
5: Why, yes, sir.
6: Could you spend it by telling me if that handyman, Mr. Haynes, is being located?
5: Why, yes, as a matter of fact, he has. One of the staff just found out where he lives, Mr. Wolfe. Well? He has a little cottage at 206 Dockside Road. That's out near Head Bay. Thank you.
2: Archie. I'm going someplace, I suppose. You are? You're going
6: to Head Bay.
2: Hello there. Hmm? Looking for a guy I can't find. Hmm. Oh, yeah, his name is Haynes. Stopped at the cottage up there, but there's no one there. I saw you here on the wharf fishing, so yeah, I... What thought... did
3: you say his name is?
2: Haynes. H-A-I-N-E-S. Oh, oh, Haynes. Yeah. yeah, do you know him? Well, there's a fellow named Hines used to fish no, out no, here. No, 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 not Hines. Haynes. Couldn't be Hanningberg? <laughs> no, it couldn't be. The name is Haynes. H A I N. Haines, Give me a hand here,
6: <laughs> eh? <hein. laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: well, what do you know? <laughs> Funny, huh? That guy seems to think my name is Haines. Yeah, so do I. You do? Yes, I... <laughs> hey!
2: I got back to our house, soaked to the skin and minus Haynes, and just in time to see the boss in the exhausting process of walking across the room to answer the phone. Hello? This is Dr.
3: Townley. You
6: called me. So I did. About the murder? More specifically, about the statement from Diana Lawrence that you removed a firearm from her possession yesterday morning.
4: Uh, That's quite correct. It's here in my majolica cabinet. Is it? Of course it
6: is. I suggest you check. Just a moment. Mr.
4: Wolfe? Yeah. I'd like
6: to see you at once. The gun, I suppose, has vanished. What? How did you know? Because it is at Ballistics, Doctor. It turned out to be the gun that killed Willard
4: Garth. I... I see. Do you? Yes. And I understand everything now. It's all so crystal clear.
6: Just how crystal clear?
4: I'm quite certain, Mr. Wolfe, that I can put my finger on the killer.
6: And I think it'd be well if you came here immediately.
4: Oh, I'm afraid it's impossible, sir. Uh, there's an important operation schedule and I simply cannot leave.
6: What do you suggest?
4: Well, is it outside the realm of possibility that you come here? Is it Mr. Wolf? Hello, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Wolf!
2: When my boss has to leave the house, it's a major tragedy. Sometimes he rages, sometimes he curses the whole detective business, lock, stock and barrel... And sometimes he keeps very quiet and grips the side of the car desperately and tries not to inhale any fresh air. This was one of the quiet times.
6: Just go slowly, Archie, but get there as quickly as you can.
2: Oh, you don't want a chauffeur, Mr. Wolf. What you need is a magician.
6: Keep your eye on the road and don't strain yourself to make superfluous witticisms.
2: Why don't you try relaxing a little? I hear there hasn't been a man-eating tiger sighted on the Sawmill River Parkway in the last 500 years.
6: Your liberty is out of order. Don't try to make light of a deplorable
2: situation. Here's the sanatorium. And there's Dr. Townley coming to meet us.
4: It's terribly nice of you to have come, Mr. Wolfe. I've heard about your aversion to traveling, and I appreciate your going to the trouble.
2: Don't uh,
4: mention
6: it. Oh, Archie, help me out with my other eye. Yeah?
4: Uh, there you are. Mm. Now, calm down. You're all in one piece. I think you'll find the trip highly profitable, Mr. Wolfe. You'll consider it time very well. Hey, hey, what's the matter? What is it? What happened?
2: He's been shot.
6: Hardly likely, there wasn't a sound.
2: This kind of shot doesn't make a sound, boss. What do you mean? Better take a look for yourself. There's an arrow in his back, and he's dead. We remembered that Dr. Townley had said Diana Lawrence had won the Women's National Archery Tournament for 1947. The Lawrence house was visible through the trees 100 yards away. So we started for it and the sculptor's studio. There's no one around.
6: So this is his latest effort, Apollo and Ariadne. Yeah.
2: eh? Done a little work on it since I was here. The Apollo's face is more finished And Hey, boss. Yes? You know, somehow or other, Apollo looks a little familiar. I wouldn't be surprised, Archie.
6: I think if you examine it closely...
7: Ah, our host. You remember me, don't you? I met you once at a dinner party at your house, the time they opened the new museum on 67th Street. Of course, of course, Mr. Lawrence. And to what do
2: I owe the honor? It's not much of an honor. Dr. Townley has been murdered. No.
6: I am afraid Mr. Goodman is being accurate.
2: He's been murdered with a bow and arrow. And what does that mean to you, Mr. Lawrence? I'm sorry. I've been a fool. An awful fool. You can't blame yourself too much. If you'd cooperated with the police instead of looking out for your daughter's interest, the man would still be alive. But
7: I assure you that... Where's the girl? She should be here now. She phoned me a while ago and said she was coming by for passage money to Rio.
5: You were looking for me?
7: Boss! Diana! Put
6: the gun down, Angel!
5: And tie a rope around my neck?
6: Might I inquire if your plan is to kill us all, Miss Lawrence?
5: Oh, what would yours be if the world was after you for something you didn't do?
6: Wouldn't you be willing to risk persuading a jury of that?
5: Thanks, no. I'll skip that chance. Father, father, get me the money.
7: Diana, sweetheart, don't make me a part of your murders. That's asking too much of love. Don't,
5: don't you know I'm not guilty?
7: No, no, Diana,
2: I don't. <laughs>
3: Leave that gun away, Diana. Haynes! Looks
2: like I walked in on the nose. That's him, boss, the guy who soused me. Take a little
6: of your own advice. Relax, Archie.
3: What do you want here, Mr. Haynes? I want to give up and try to straighten out this little deal. Mr. Lawrence. Yes? Here's your money back. You got a right to call me a welcher. I promised I wouldn't give evidence against the girl, and you paid my price. But enough is enough, and right here, and now I'm unloading. Yes, what does this mean? It means I saw her do it.
5: (gasps) Oh, you you stupid, lying, rotten... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Grab her, Archie. Grab her. Get the pair of them out of
6: here. What can I say to myself now? What can I do? I'm sorry, Mr. Lawrence, but it's not necessary to eat your heart out. Many fathers before you have done their best and failed. But I had a special duty toward Diana. Special duty?
7: Yes. I... Well, you see, you'll find it out sooner or later, so I'd best tell you now. I'm not a real father. I adopted her nine years ago when she was 14. I see. And I should never have done it. I realize now that I wasn't equal to the task.
6: Well, 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 all's not lost yet. They may not convict her, you know. Yeah? I said they may not convict her. But how could they fail to convict her? She killed Garth, didn't she? Did she? She shot him. But the gun was in Townley's possession.
7: She could easily have stolen that. She could have broken into his office later. It wasn't locked.
6: What wasn't locked? The Majorica cabinet were... I mean... I believe you mean what you said, Lawrence, the Majolica cabinet. Now, for the life of me, I can't see how you could know whether it was locked or not, unless you had the experience of opening it. Could it be that you went looking for the gun yourself after Townley said he had confiscated it? That you killed Townley with a bow and arrow, which you handle as well as your daughter, because he was just on the point of telling me that you knew where the gun was? And that you were the likeliest murder suspect? You must be mad. Oh, sir, not I. <laughs> but you are mad and more than a little. You hated Willard Garth. It was you who were making the marriage impossible. You load him, and in the end, you kill him. How could I have killed him? i tell you a little secret, Mr. Lawrence. The police found cigar ash in the dashboard tray of the dead car. Chemical analysis showed that the ash was from an El Adoro cigar... What have you got in your left hand, sir? In my...
7: Uh,
6: another dollar cigar. And in
7: my right hand, a Derringer. Powerful and admirable little weapon, Lawrence. I suggest you show proper respect for it by dropping all this here and now.
6: You don't wish to hear me say the rest? That you were horribly in love with Diana, your own adopted daughter? In love and hopelessly, eternally frustrated... You begrudge me the triumph of accusing you of having bribed Haynes to let you take his place at the driver's seat of the limousine and further bribed and threatened him into putting on his show of merry pranks and false confessions to confuse us all beyond measure? You said I loved Diana. Would I do all this to her if I did? Oh, but of course, such love as yours is really hate. You were content to see her dead rather than relinquish her. Like all miserly, small-hearted men, you would rather kill the thing you love than muster the generosity necessary to seeing it attain happiness. That's enough out of you. I should think it was much too much. It is. Ah, Archie, my boy, I'm grateful to you both for coming back into the house when you did and for being such a good shot.
3: Hope you remember
2: that next time you feel like insulting me. Hmm. <laughs> Tell me, what's with that cigar ash routine? Who told you the ashes in the limousine were from an Elodoro, boss? I never heard anything about that.
6: <laughs> As a matter of fact, neither did I. No one could possibly have determined the brand by any chemical means in existence. I knew that, you
2: see, and I took the long chance that Lawrence didn't. Aha! Uh-huh. But I still don't get the mainspring of the deal. How did you know he was in love with Diana?
6: That, oh, that was genius. I have to admit it. You see, it all hinged on the statue of Apollo and Ariadne. According to the Greek myth, Apollo fell deeply in love with the nymph. But because they were of different worlds, he was condemned to pursue her always and never to catch her.
2: Well, what's that got to do with the price of eggs?
6: Isn't it perfectly obvious, didn't he tell you, that Diana had posed for the Ariadne?
2: Yeah, but I still
6: don't... And you yourself remarked on the fact that the finished Apollo looked somehow familiar, didn't you, Archie? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Don't you know why that was? You mean that... I mean that Michael Lawrence unconsciously revealed the true state of his heart. He didn't intend to, I suppose. But precisely and accurately, he chiseled the features of the tortured god in his very own image. Oh. And speaking of
2: torture, Archie... Yeah,
6: Will we be home in time for dinner?
2: Oh, boss, you can't be that hungry. Oi, I
6: am. Good heavens, Archie. Do you realize that I haven't eaten since lunch?
1: You have been listening to The New Adventures of Nero Wolf, starring Sidney Greenstreet. <laughs> Tonight's transcribed story by Peter Berry was based on the characters created by Rex Stout. This is an Edwin Fadiman program produced and directed by J. Donald Wilson. In the cast were Larry Dobkin as Archie Goodwin and Gigi Pearson, Ted Von Els, Bill Johnstone, Peter Leeds, and Jay Novello. Next week at this same time, Nero Wolfe and Archie will bring you The Case of the Brave Rabbit. Don Stanley speaking. There's fun and laughs later tonight when Ed Archie Gardner stars as Archie the Manager in Duffy's Tavern. As usual, Duffy won't be there, but Archie will be there, armed with his own whimsical version of the English language. Another Friday favorite you'll hear later is The Delightful Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Chester A. Riley.
0: Nero Wolfe is a fictional detective created in 1934 by mystery writer Rex Stout. Wolfe's confidential assistant, Archie Goodwin, narrates the cases of the detective's genius. Stout wrote 33 novels and 39 short stories from 1934 to 1974, with most of them set in New York City. Nero Wolfe is described as a detective genius who rates the knife and fork the greatest tools ever invented by man. What we're saying is that Wolf is a, uh, a large man, weighing a seventh of a ton. That's around 285 pounds for those without a calculator. Wolf is also known for his expensive tastes, living in a comfortable and luxurious New York City brownstone on West 35th Street. Nero Wolf is famous for trying to never leave his brownstone on business. His associate Archie does the legwork, while Nero takes the pieces and then solves a the puzzle. Nero Wolf has been portrayed in four radio drama series on five different networks. In this one, The New Adventures of Nero Wolf, Sidney Greenstreet starred as Wolf. Rex Stout thought Green Street a splendid choice for the role, and Green Street did in fact fill every reasonable expectation. A succession of Archies included Gerald Moore, Herb Ellis, Lawrence Dobkin, Harry Bartell, Lamont Johnston, and Wally Mayer. William Johnston was heard semi-regularly as Inspector Kramer. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.